Good evening, everyone. My name is Gyan Bhambani, and I am the host of the Entrepreneurship Insights podcast. Today, our guest is Paige Brown. She's a co-founder and CEO of Windborne Systems, a weather startup that aims to launch constellations of long-duration balloons to blanket the earth in sensors to eliminate environmental uncertainty, improve forecasts, and help humanity adapt to climate change. Paige began her journey as an environmental engineer. In high school, she developed a low-cost material capable of absorbing nutrient pollution from fresh water. She won the Intel Science Talent Search in 2016. After studying at Stanford, she worked in materials engineering at Lockheed Martin on stealth materials and at SpaceX on their Starlink satellites and Mars development. While at Stanford, she led the Stanford Student Space Initiative High Altitude balloon team and manage the project which eventually became the technology behind Windborne. It's a pleasure having you on the podcast today, Paige. Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you too. Yes, definitely. So could you give us a background? How did you discover entrepreneurship and how did you first start taking advantage of your passions? Sure. So um, when I first started out, um, I had no idea that I was planning to go into entrepreneurship. Um, I originally just wanted to do what I enjoyed doing, which was engineering and managing a team. And when I, um, when I got to Stanford, I, I joined the, um, the high altitude balloon team and started getting involved with this balloon project that, um, you know, creating balloons that could fly for as long as possible. And I worked on that for a couple of years and it was, only when we got towards the end of, you know, of my uh, time at Stanford that, you know, we started thinking about what, what is the point of what we are doing? What, what can we do with this? What is the greater impact that we can create from the technology we've developed? And, and this is a usually it, kind of a backward way of thinking about uh, tech of a, a starting a company. Because usually you start with the problem and you develop technology to meet that problem. But sometimes when you have, uh, when you have, a, you know, kind of deeper technology that is feeding into the, a potential solution for a problem, you have to start with the technology. It has to start as basic research and there has to be a transition into actually solving a problem that, that uh, affects people's lives. And so that was the route for us. We, we realized like we want to have an impact and the, the vehicle for having that impact is entrepreneurship. So that's why we ended up going into entrepreneurship. That, that's absolutely amazing. Um, you discovered entrepreneurship as a way to, uh, to maximize your impact. And so you said we, uh, who worked with you uh, while, uh, while you made that transition? And how did, uh, I'm assuming your team, help you, uh, help you achieve whatever you wanted to do? Yeah, so I was working with um, a team of uh, four other people um, who were all engineers working on this technology. And uh, some of them were working on the technology even before I joined the team. And uh, together, we all five of us became the co-founders of, of the company. And it was really because of this team that I started working on this project. I was passionate about balloons, um, but more importantly, I was passionate about working with people who were very smart, people who were smarter than I was. And I wanted to learn from these people and I wanted to 
um, challenge myself through through this uh, through getting in touch with these people and through working with them and um, and it's been a continual pleasure to to work with them through starting a company um, and I find that by working with them I, I'm learning more than I would working alone. Yeah, that uh, having a strong team and like you said, surrounding yourself with uh, smart people is is important, especially in entrepreneurship. So you can uh, so, so you can all grow. And so, what do you enjoy most about this uh, about this type of lifestyle that you have? Yeah, so um, there's kind of there's kind of three things that really um, appeal to me about entrepreneurship now that I've had a chance to experience it. And one is the level of control I have over the work I do on a day-to-day basis. I don't have someone telling me what to do. And that is a plus and a minus because sometimes it's difficult to understand how to approach problems, but it does mean that I have a high degree of control over what I do and a lot of flexibility there. Um, The second thing is that there's a massive potential for learning. Um, I've been able to learn something new every day, pretty much for years, for the past couple of years. Um, and uh, I'm constantly challenging myself to uh, to develop and to grow and to take on new skills that I never thought that I would have to do. Um, and, uh, you know, working with the FAA, for example, um, you know, combing through legal documents, uh, uh, figuring out HR, um, taxes, insurance. Um, it's all sort of mundane stuff, but it's still interesting and useful to, to learn these things. And uh, the other, the last thing is that the potential for impact. Um, I, working through entrepreneurship, I have a g- much greater potential for impact than if I were an individual contributor somewhere. And that really appeals to me because I feel like that's a, that's a core value that I used to drive my life forward is I, I want to be able to create a, a better world for my future children and for future generations. And I, I believe that this is, this is my, my path to doing that is through entrepreneurship. Well, that, that, that's a flattering, just that's, that's a flattering response, you know, like you, uh, uh, you, you value making an impact on the world and you think of it as a core value and that's extremely important. And so knowing what you do now, would you do anything differently, start earlier or change anything while starting out? Yes, uh, I think that I would have worked at a startup before starting my own company. I think it would have been useful to be the first, second or third employee, even an intern at a startup um, early on to kind of see how things worked, understand what potential pitfalls there are, um, because I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's come up where it's, I, I wish that I had seen this before. I wish that I had um, just a, a, a conception of how other companies did this. I didn't have much experience coming in and trying to do this. Yeah, so just just having experience, right? And, um... You, you can never have enough of it, right? So uh, now, now let's shift over to your ventures. So in high school, you invented a technology that absorbs nutrient pollution from soft water. So then how did that, uh, how did that come about? And how did this event and 
the later prize help you discover your passions or lead to another event that may have? Yeah, so um, this, I guess this started um, in my high school chemistry class. I was, um, I was learning about, I was learning about phosphorus. I was learning about the impacts that phosphorus has on uh, freshwater and saltwater systems where phosphorus enters a, a water system and causes the growth of harmful algal blooms. And, um, you know, thinking back to the, uh, where I used to spend my time, I used to love playing in the streams near my home. And I took some water samples from those areas and brought them into class to test them and was shocked to find that they were much higher levels of phosphorus than I, I'd expected. In fact, they were in the starting to get into the ranges where harmful algal blooms could start to form. So I decided to start investigating that, start to figure out what, uh, what levels of phosphorus there were and what levels of other pollutants in the streams around my home. And I discovered that there was a phosphorus impairment issue there. And so that's when I decided to, to do something about that and to develop a technology to remove that phosphate pollution and try to prevent harmful algal blooms. Um, both in the streams around my home and in potentially potentially worldwide for these applications. And I, um, what this really led me to discover was my passion for the environment and eventually for climate change as well. I, I realized that like water pollution is a, a critical issue for many, but an even bigger issue that is facing the world right now is climate change. And it is the most pressing and concerning problem I believe that is facing us at all right now in this world. And uh, that really led me to what I'm doing at Winborn because I realized that, you know, this is a way for me to have an impact. Um, we, can, we can help people adapt to climate change by giving them the tools to understand their weather risk and understand what decisions they need to be making on the basis of weather information. Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. I, I, um, I, I think that, um, like, like that high school event was like a, like a starting of like a snowball, you know, and like as snowballs roll downhill, they grow in size, and and this just kind of led up to what what you do now at Winborn, and so after high school, you studied at Stanford and worked with. Uh, many well-renowned scientists from SpaceX and Lockheed Martin. And how has your education helped shape your career and what you do now? Mm -hmm. So the most critical things that I learned in school were not calculus or like material science or anything. I, I studied material science in school, but I don't remember any of that stuff and I don't use any of that stuff. The, the things that I learned were how to learn, how to teach myself stuff. That is the most critical thing you can learn in college is how to learn. And you can learn that at any point. You can learn that in high school too. Um, learn how to educate yourself through the resources that are available online and through, um, you know, and through mentors that you can find. I learned how to think like a scientist. I think that's another critical um, part of my education. Um, and the third part is that I learned to build relationships. Um, and uh, I think that that was a really positive part of being at Stanford is that that's something that implicitly they, they try to teach you um, that like this, it's all, it's all networking. It, networking is, you know, it's boring and you know, people, people diss it, but you, 
it's a it's all it's all about building relationships. Everything that you do is built on relationships. Um, and so learning how to build strong relationships through like mentor to mentee or collaborator uh, to collaborator or through, um, you know, customer and producer, all of these kind of relationships, building trust within them and understanding how to make these mutually beneficial. That's a really critical part that I learned about. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I could not... Um... Yeah, and like just just networking is absolutely important, right? And like it's uh, it it can work no matter how old you are, right? And like on LinkedIn, like how we met, and so it's I, I, yeah, I it's really important, right? And to build strong relationships. And I read somewhere that like you you only need one strong relationship uh, for for something to work out for you, right? And so uh, you are the co-founder and CEO of Windborne Systems, a weather startup that aims to uh, eliminate environmental uncertainty. And so could you go into a a bit more detail? What service does it provide and what problem does it solve in our society? Sure. Well, I'll start with the problem. So right now, the weather prediction system has pretty massive gaps in the way it functions. So the way that weather data comes into um, it is assimilated, it comes from balloons and it comes from satellites. Those are kind of two of the most major sources. And the balloons are launched just on the land and they do not cover the ocean. And the ocean is about 85% of the Earth's surface. Uh, there's also very sparse coverage over places like Africa and South America where people can't afford to put in good weather infrastructure. And the same is true of ground stations, which are another critical source of data. So you've got a massive lack of in situ data. This is data that is in the atmosphere throughout all of the Earth's oceans, out throughout Africa, throughout South America. And what is a global system? So what's happening in these places is affecting what's happening in the United States or in Europe or anywhere else that you're considering. And uh, satellites are not filling this gap. Satellites have issues with uh, with accuracy, especially at the lowest levels of the atmosphere, in the places uh, places like the planetary boundary layer, which is the lowest one to two kilometers above the Earth's surface. It's uh, it's hard to get this data, um, and so we fill those gaps. We launch balloons that go out into locations all around the world in in the locations that most need data coverage. Um, and fill the gaps, we take the data, we put it into weather forecasts, and we make the weather forecast better. And what we ultimately sell to people is decision-making capabilities. So analytics and insights on the basis of the weather forecast that we're producing, um, powered by these, this constellation of smart weather balloons. Yeah, so um, the t- the thing that that comes straight to my head is a, a Starlink, but like a little closer to the Earth's surface. <laughs> and so, um, while while founding a startup, uh, uh, co-founders uh, co-founders go through some challenges. Uh, so, could you describe some of the challenges that you faced, uh, and how how did you overcome them? Sure. Um, let me see. 
some challenges that we faced. Um, well, it's always, I think, I think the biggest challenge has been um, with hiring, finding the right people, um, because ultimately a, a startup is comprised of people. And in order to make the best startup possible, you need to have the best people. And uh, very early on, we, we hired our, our first engineer and he joined the team. And we realized over the first couple of months of him being on the team that he was not the right fit for our team, that he thought about things in a very, very different way and had a, a number of issues with, um, with trust and that sort of stuff that was making it impossible for him to integrate into the team. And we had to make the very difficult decision to, um, to part ways with him. And uh, that was, I think, one of the most difficult things that I've had to do as a founder is, you know, have that conversation where it's like, no, things are not working out. Um, and since then, it's, it, we went back to the drawing board and we had to search for a new um, engineer to, to fill the place of this person. And eventually we were able to find a person and it took months and months and months, but we were able to find the right person. And uh, she's been absolutely fantastic. So it's just a, a matter of, you know, finding, finding those people who are truly good fits, who are aligned with your mission, um, who are aligned with the, with the company culture um, and who are, you know, positive people who are, are working together with you to, to build something great. Uh, and I think that was a, a huge learning experience for us about how careful we needed to be about hiring and who we brought onto the team. Yeah, um, that's, that, that is uh, a known difficulty, you know, like usually like hiring people is like, oh, okay, this, this is like a, happens in a snap of a finger, but uh, usually like, uh, firing someone or parting ways is, is, is a little bit harder, right? Because of attachment. So how many, how many people have you helped through Windborn? And uh, currently, like, how, uh, how is it placed uh, on the web? Like, is it a website or how, how, do, uh, how, do, how do I as a common, uh, how do mm -hmm. I as a consumer use uh, your service? Yes, yeah, so Windborn is still in the beta stages. Um, so we're running we're running internal pilots and pilots with government customers, and then um, over the next couple of years, we're going to be moving towards um, enterprise sales customers. So moving towards um, working with people in the energy sector, in the shipping, in the logistics sector, in the agriculture sector, in the insurance sector. So it's going to be a long time before we have a consumer weather, a consumer facing weather product, um, but it it will be affecting kind of the unseen parts of society. So the the inner workings of you know the the people who are making your food, the people who are moving your your stuff around, the people who are um, who are um, ensuring your your schools or ensuring your um, your homes. So it's it's kind of a background structure that it that it is helping. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to hear that, and um, and I'd 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 like to use such a service when when I'm older. Uh, so how did you? Uh, I, I'm assuming uh, Windborn must have started uh, 
when sorry let me ask when uh, when did you start uh, actually committing time to uh, to to the drawing board or to hiring people so winborn uh, the idea that became winborn started back in 2015 um, but since then uh, we we spun out as a as a company in 2019 um, started working on it early 2019 kind of january time frame and uh, from there ended up ended up hiring our first employee kind of mid 2020. All right, so how did you balance uh, balance Windborn with your other commitments that you have? Because that, that that's a big uh, that's a big issue with entrepreneurship is being able to uh, give adequate time to everything that you have on your plate. Yes. So um, early on, I when I first started Windborn, it was it was at the same, yeah, it was while I was still in school, it was very difficult. I had um, about three months where I rarely got more than five hours of sleep a night, and it was very difficult. Um, at that point, I was like, okay, that's it. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I dropped out of school. And um, after that, it's been a lot easier to balance things. It's still been a huge commitment um, to, you know, out of my life is, um, it's a, it's a lot more than a regular job. That's one of the downsides of entrepreneurship, I suppose, is it's a lot more than your regular nine to five job. Um, but, you know, and I've, I've learned over the course of the last couple of years, how to balance that with my personal life and how to make sure that I'm still building, you know, personal relationships and that I'm still, um, taking care of myself and still, you know, finding time to, uh, to have fun from, from time to time. Um, while still committing what needs to happen to um, making Wimborne a, a reality. I, yeah, that, that's, that, that sounds amazing. Even, uh, even though you had to make the decision to drop out, that's what you had to do to achieve a balance, right? Um, and so uh, what advice do you have for teens thinking about entering the science and entrepreneurship field, like who have a passion for science and really want to do something, uh, do something about it in terms of entrepreneurship? Yeah, so um, the way I like to think about it is that you shouldn't think about how to become an entrepreneur. I, that's, that's not the goal. That's your goal. If you want to get into entrepreneurship, your goal is to find a problem and to solve that problem. And so what you should be thinking about are the problems that you are extremely passionate about solving. The problems that affect you, the problems that affect the people you love, the problems that you see in the world that are affecting others that um, that you you know you have empathy for, um, and and also think about the things that you are well suited to uh, to solve. So think about what your talents are and what talents you have the capacity to build, um, and then build your background learning about the problems that you can solve and experimenting with solutions and just failing early and often yeah wow that's just uh, that's that, that's really insightful because like just finding a problem that, like you said that you're passionate about and uh, I guess the solution will come with some time it will be much easier and so uh, what advice do you have for students about using their time relationships and opportunities to take advantage of their passions sure yes so um I think 
first first bit of advice I'd give is first of all to find mentors. Um, I think it's um, you know there's people out there who have done the things that you want to do and who are extremely excited about giving advice to younger people. So if you reach out to people on LinkedIn, for example, like what you did, um, and you ask people for advice, they will often give it to you. They'll often you know, take some time out of their day and, and have a conversation with you. And um, you can build that relationship and be, have sort of a, a more formal mentor-mentee relationship. And it's really helpful to have those um, adults in your life that, that are you know, doing what you want to be doing and can help you along the way with connections and with uh, guidance on, on how to think about your strategic plan for your life. Um, so another, another place to find people is through conferences. Um, you know, in industries that you are interested in, you can often find really good student discounts um, to go to conferences and you can go and, um, you know, talk to some people at different booths and, you know, find people who are grabbing coffee and it's a good place to meet up with industry professionals. Um, you can reach out to those, those people on LinkedIn as well and say like, hey, maybe we should meet up at this conference. I'll be there. Um, that's, you know, that's one route to that. Um, but yeah, I think time relationships and opportunities, um, you know, uh, I think overall, just constantly be learning, uh, constantly be finding finding problems that you want to solve and learning all you can about how you could potentially be solving them um, and uh, experimenting early and often. I, I think uh, just, just trying stuff and not being worried if you're going to, if you fail um, because it's failure is a, a necessary part of science and entrepreneurship. And um, the, the advantage that a startup has and the advantage that, you know, someone experimenting in their basement has is that failure doesn't cost that much. So the more you can fail early on, the, the better off you're going to be. That, that's, that's just amazing. You know, um, the fact that just being able to connect, like you said, uh, with others, being able to learn from others. And uh, I learned from one of, one of the previous episodes that the younger you are, the more, the, the more, uh, the, the people are more willing to help you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, before we conclude our interview, would you uh, would you like to say a, a few last words, like what you really want um, our listeners to get out of this, uh, get out of this uh, episode tonight? Yeah, I uh, I'll harp on this. So um, I'll say it again. Climate change is the most important issue facing humanity right now. And there are so many little ways that you can do something to help about the, uh, to help with this. And uh, I'd really recommend actually another podcast um, to check out called How to Save a Planet, which gives a really good overview of ways that you can, in your personal life, um, fairly easily take action against climate change. And uh, so I, I hope that you'll I hope that someone listening to that will, will check out that podcast as well um, and see what ways you can help with this because this is going to be a group effort to solve this problem. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it is really uh, 
it it is really a big problem and it's not going to happen with with one or two people it's going to happen with a lot a, a lot of people like you said it's a combined effort so uh page it's been a pleasure having mm-hmm. uh having you on the podcast today learning about your experience uh from a high school student creating technology and uh to studying at Stanford as well as uh building your own uh, building your own startup with your team uh it's been an re- it's been a really insightful experience and opportunity and i hope we can speak again sometime thank you everyone for watching and have a wonderful night thank you for inviting me yeah have a good night